Have you seen Timothy Amundsen's IMDb profile? Uh, briefly, but haven't really looked deep into it. This is the guy. Wow. That He's leaning into the mysterious. I love that. I have seen that picture. Yeah. I think he looks very good. He looks very good. That he hair. aged like fine wine, like Steve Carell. It's like a gray version of Eric Whitaker hair. Oh, yeah. For the three people that are going to get that reference. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, I was actually looking at his IMDb credits. And he's done a lot of voices in Star Wars. Not, really? Not the movies or the shows, but the video games. Like That's he's, probably why I don't know anything about it. <laughs> right. Well, he's, um, he's voiced a lot of characters in uh, the Knights of the Old Republic um, and the Star Wars Battlefront games and the Force Unleashed games. Like He's done a ton of Star Wars stuff. I mean, which he I has think a good voice for it. He does. And I was trying to find a recording of... Him saying the lines, and I think this is him. You're going the wrong way. Get back to the battle, soldier. He's like putting on an accent. Is that really Timothy Robinson? Well, he's credited as Republic Commander or uh, Rebel Commander, and that's what this voice clip is. Okay. So it might be him. It might not because he's not credited in the description of this video, but. But we know know. he did it. We know he did it. Wow. Yeah. In between the lines, there's a lot of obscurity. I'm not inclined to. This is We're Psyched. Hi, I'm Elle, and I've never done a podcast. And I'm Jacob, and I've never seen Psych. And now I'm making him watch it. And now I'm making her do a podcast. So let's get started. Welcome back to We're Psyched. Today we are covering Season 1, Episode 3, Speak Now or Forever Hold Your Peace, written by Steve Franks, directed by Michael Zimberg, and aired on July 21st, 2006. And the wiki synopsis is as follows. When Sean and Gus crash a wedding in an attempt to retrieve an antique wedding ring stolen from a secure vault, they discover that it is not only a theft that they are investigating. Another murder mystery, but... Not only a murder mystery this time, which is kind of cool. Um, and I just wanted to point out, new new director to the franchise, Michael Zinberg. Um, he's done a lot of television stuff. Yet another one of those very prolific TV directors. He's done NCIS, uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., The Blacklist, 90210, Burn Notice, Monk whole ton of other stuff so he's really big so i wonder if yeah they do try to bring in big directors for this stuff yeah i think your theory about bringing in bigger directors might be right here yeah and it it shows like this was a good episode you know well put together i really liked it um is it a different actor for young sean in the flashback of the yes so this is the first time we see a different young sean yeah um i he really changed his hair. <laughs> yeah, and he looks a little bit maybe younger uh-huh. than the other one. Yeah, well, what was the year of the Spelling Bee flashback? I think it was 1989. Okay, and this was 85. Yes. So he does look about four years younger. But yeah, but actually, I guess I should um, just disclose this now. That actor that we see in this episode, the flashback... Mm. Um, his name is Leon James, and um, he's actually in the majority of Sean's flashbacks. Oh, or the okay. Flashbacks so it's like they, they switched to this guy and stuck with him. 
Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. You'll see him around a lot. All right. So he's playing hide and seek. And then I think that's really cool because, um, I mean, it's what a kid would do. And then his dad is his dad and then teaches him how to, you know, actually sneak around, which I think all of us kids did at some point. Right. We snuck around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it cuts to present day where he's eavesdropping on the and other. sneaking yeah. around. And then it's really cool to see like how he kept or he you know kept the advice and yeah i love that the flashbacks pertain to the episode and like uh-huh. sometimes we don't know how they'll pertain yeah, to the episode but this, but one, was this very one obvious yeah uh-huh. so he's sneaking around the svpd and he overhears lassiter talking to o'hara about a big case that you know will really have an effect on the reputation of the police department mm-hmm. and sean was given this kind of like low profile computers just case minor theft from yeah. chief Fick who won't let him work on this other case until that one is solved. Right. And he, you know, spies on them. He, he takes a look at the billboard with all the, um, the connections and notes on it. And then he just tries to put himself in the middle of it. Yeah, um, he actually goes into the interrogation room. Yeah. And meets the people before Lassie has a chance. And uh-huh. um, I that guess was we should... really funny when he's like, what the hell are you doing here? I guess we should talk about a little bit about what the case is. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the wiki synopsis is good, but basically this big family, big name family, um, there's a wedding and there's this ring worth $5 million. Chump change. (laughs) And it's missing. Okay, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want a $5 million ring. No, I'd want something else that is worth $5 million, like a house, but not a ring. You would want to use all that five million on just a house. Well, I'm saying if I had that level of disposable income, I don't know. Even then, I don't know if I'd spend it on a ring. Yeah, that's true. That's my yeah. I guess that's my point. Anyway, but anyway, it's they're extravagant and ridiculous. Yeah. So Sean is talking to the groom, um, talking to the bride, and then talking to the wedding planner slash bridesmaid. Of, uh, for the wedding mm-hmm. she done yeah he like profiles her in a half a second and just like says like you have many different hats <laughs> and, and immediately hits on her oh yeah He's, again trying way too hard with <laughs> and they're impressed by what he psychically divines and so they hire him and invite him to the wedding right before lassie comes in and throws him out yeah oh, i wrote a note about that actually when lassiter like grabs him by the like scruff of his neck and then like shoves him against the pillar is he allowed to do that? Because surely you can't rough up someone if they're an employee. I mean, if, you, if you're not an employee, I mean, cops get away with some shit. But um, <laughs> I mean, that's a good question. He's probably right on the line of, ooh, is it okay? Is it not okay? Well, Sean was acting hurt at the end. Like, he was like, yeah, oh, my shoulder sure. actually hurt, you know. But he also, does that a couple Sean times. is kind of weak. <laughs> right. Well, he does that a couple times in this episode where he gets roughed up. Oh, yeah. And then. Um, that'll come back later. Okay. Um, So moving on. Probably not allowed. Maybe not. But, you know, Lassie's fed up. Mm -hmm. So moving on, they're at the, was it a hotel, I believe? It was. Yeah, they're at a hotel. Mm -hmm. And Sean is doing some investigation work with Gus. They break into Lassie's personal room. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, gosh. That'll come back later. So just remember that. And then they go into the bridal suite. And that is where we see the pineapple. I missed it. You missed it. I missed it. 
So in the bridal suite, there's a fruit platter or bowl like on the table and there's sliced pineapple. Ah, sliced pineapple. Okay. I'm always looking for a whole pineapple. So Well, it doesn't always have to be a pineapple. It could be a picture of one, a painting, like a lamp mentioned, you know. Right. The theme of it is always in an episode. something pineapple. Yeah. Yeah, and that is also where we hear the first Gus nickname. Right, So pointed that out. The first two episodes didn't have this, but it's going to be this hilarious long list of nicknames Sean will give Gus when they have a case. He'll be like, um, just for example, he'll be like, Hi, I'm detective uh, psychic Sean Spencer, and this is my partner, fill in the blank. And so for this one... But not Gus's name. No, yeah. never. Well... Never Gus's name. Okay. And so in this episode, he goes, this is my partner, Peter Panic. Sean has a lot of humor in this episode. I really liked the scene. This was a little bit before that, wasn't it? When Sean was in the air vent. um, Oh, yes. Please talk about that. Yeah. Sean was in the air vent uh, spying on the meeting where they, you know, talked about what they had so far in terms of evidence. And then he laughed a couple of times at something that Lassie said. And then he was like, he was like looking around at the room and was like, which one of you has something to say? And then I was just, I wanted it to keep going on until he like, like got up and everyone's face is like, was it you? Was it you? You, you got something to say, huh? Like just really getting in on their faces. Um, but that was really funny. And then I thought it was hilarious, yeah. but was, honestly, how did they not recognize Sean's laugh? Right. I mean, I guess, it wouldn't even be on your radar, right? Because he wasn't in the room. Like, you yeah, be but like about, he always turns up in places. But I guess yeah. you're right; it wasn't on their radar. Yeah. And I, I was, I was waiting for the moment where Sean like shifts around or something and then falls through the roof. I was waiting for that, but it never happened. Yeah, and then back at the hotel, they run into Chief Vic, who yes. at first seems very mad that they're investigating this, yeah. and then she says. You, something along the lines of, well, you never saw me. Call me if you have anything. And she looks very, very desperate. Yeah. This so is, this is another yeah. case again of Carrying her. on that theme. Yeah. Okay. And a quick little um, fun little fact again about uh, Kirsten Nelson. Also, in a past episode, I may have accidentally said Kristen. I'm so sorry. What a bad mistake. It's, it's Kirsten Kirst- Nelson. Kirsten, yeah. And according to IMDb, she was actually pregnant in real life when she auditioned. Yeah, she was showing a little bit. Yeah, when she auditioned for Chief Vic, she was actually pregnant and even for the first few episodes. But Mm. then she gave birth after the first um, handful of episodes and after that had to wear a fake uh, belly. Oh, really? Okay, so so this episode, it's real? I think it is real and anything maybe after this is a fake belly because she gave birth in real life. Right. Okay, well, yeah, it's like I... She didn't seem to be showing that much. I mean, they kind of shot around it. They didn't show you very much of. Yeah, but yeah. we could. They weren't trying to hide her belly, though. Yeah, you, you could, could tell you could she tell. was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's just a fun little tidbit. Yeah, something I noticed about going when we were going into a hotel scene um, is that the aerial shots of Santa Barbara don't really match the interiors. Like, I guess I noticed this in. In a, in a bit of a later scene when Sean finds Juliet in the restaurant and then talks yes. to her. And then they have that great little moment where she's helping him out, you know, under the table. Um, that's not a sexual joke. That's just avoiding Lassie. Oh, um, <laughs> oh don't spoil anything. Um, yeah, so it's like I noticed that the exterior of whatever they sh- portrayed to be the restaurant in the aerial shot didn't really look like what the actual set was yeah and unfortunately 
I mean, I love this show, but unfortunately, you're right. Um, mm. I agree with that observation. But yeah. I mean, it doesn't bother me as much. Yeah, I look past it. I just, I just, you know, I was, I was looking for something to maybe write notes about or nitpick, and I saw, oh, you know, it's like, well, I guess, what can you do? You know, like they're trying to portray it as Santa Barbara, but you're, you know, it's in Canada. So mm-hmm. I guess it's just one of those things. Like in SG-1, you have to get over the fact that they always speak English. Okay, we're on $8, $9. I don't know, well, let's just round up, call round it, it 10. To, well, well I'll, I'll get to that. We'll get to 10 later. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. All right, so Sean, you know, befriends the groom a little bit more. He even throws the bachelor party for him in Lassiter's room. room. Oh, that was so good. Oh, my gosh. And then we find out that the expenses, they like put champagne in a, like the bathtub. It amounts to at $1,600. That's taxpayer money right there. And it's just like, Sean, okay, first of all, he impersonates someone from Interpol. Isn't that illegal? Impersonating an officer. Well, the, the lines are blurred because whose jurisdiction would it be? Would it be if Interpol is prosecuting you for that? It'd be slightly different. But yes, you can't, per, you can't in, yeah, in, I mean, impersonate a He's very good at pretending like he should be there. Well, he does that a couple times in this episode. He's oh, like he does it a, a lot in the control. show. Yeah. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's just crazy the amount of things you can get away with just by being confident. Yeah, I mean, I remember seeing a YouTube video a while ago where people put on bright, like, those construction worker vests. Yeah. And they walked into Universal Studios and no one batted an eye and they got in for free. Yeah, I've like, seen stuff like that. If you have a clipboard and a suit or something, you uh-huh. can get into, like... Yeah, get into fancy restaurants, get in, yeah, everywhere. I don't, it makes me feel a little bit bad for Lassie. Like, not yeah. only is Sean one-upping him in the cases, he also just put a $1,600 charge. Yeah, so Lassie would have to cover that. Yeah. But would. wouldn't it be reimbursed by the department? No, we saw that one scene with that other guy who said, we're not paying for this. Oh. Yeah. Okay. When he was surprised that Lassie got a room. Right. Yeah, so poor Lassiter. Uh, I must have, yeah, missed that. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, so that was <laughs> a couple good scenes, though, and I noticed, um, again, in the scene where they first went into Lassie's room, Gus like absolutely hates Sean's methods. Like yep. he, he was like, we can't be doing this, Sean. And then his like curiosity, he succumbed to his curiosity and then starts looking at the reports and stuff. He's like, well, we're already here. We might as well. Yeah. Yeah. But that happens a lot. I uh-huh. like it. Like when they copied the room keys, Gus was like appalled. He yeah. was like, well, no, we can't do this. How does Sean know how to use the key copying machine? I don't know. Is he a bit like... Um, we know he's had a lot of jobs. Maybe he was like a hotel host or receptionist. Receptionist yeah, could be, could be. I don't know, yeah. but that's a good question. Yeah, but um, he's no, he's just like James Bond, where he knows how to fly every kind of plane and <laughs> a helicopter and car and boat. He knows everything. He just knows everything. I mean, he's had so many jobs. It's, yeah, it's, I would it's believe possible. it. I I didn't doubt it. I was just like, I wonder how. You know. Yeah. So then back to the case. He and Gus are in the like it looks like the kitchen area and they're mm-hmm. just kind of exploring um they open the is it the dumbwaiter yeah and the body of Security the yeah, yeah of the best man right because he was missing Oh, that was the best man, right? Diedrich Mannheim, yeah, I, I believe is his name. He was just dressed like a security guard. I thought it was like a bodyguard kind of thing. Well, because they, they mentioned they bought or they hired other security. Yeah, maybe. But anyway, yeah. but they his, did say the best. His man dead so. body is yeah. in the dumbwaiter. And Gus has a weak stomach. He can't. Oh, handle he does. It. Yeah. And at that moment, they get a call from from Henry. 
Mm-hmm. Jacob, do you want to talk a little bit about that? I was like, when I saw this scene, when they had a number of shots, like like shooting where the camera is shooting past the dead body, looking at the two of them. Like it looked like the camera was inside the dumbwaiter, um, looking out into the room. And I was like, this guy had the easiest day of work ever. They put some makeup on him and then had him sit down in this little tiny thing where he acted dead for, you know, however, six hours when they were shooting the scene. And you you said you were nitpicking to try yeah. to see if he blinked. He didn't blink. He was, I'm very yeah. nitpicky of like dead bodies in shows or movies. You can see them breathe. Or yeah, you see blink. them flinch yeah. or, or blink. And um, I was looking at the guy that played Dietrich Mannheim and he did not move. Yeah. His eyes did not blink. Mm-hmm. I was like really, really impressed. Mm-hmm. So I just want to give a little bit of kudos to There's that There's no small rules. No. No. And yeah. he has to like fall on Sean a little bit too. Well, he fell on Juliet. Yeah. Later when they, um, when Sean had his vision, yeah, they led Lassie it. and O'Hara t- and yeah. Juliet opened it and it fell yeah. right on her for like a long time. Yeah. And then no one went over to like pick it up off of her. So she's like, come on, help me. <laughs> yeah. Like, and that's, br- that's gross. That's like, another place where Lassie was kind of roughing up Sean. Right. And I feel like when Sean was having his little episode, um, he like kind of like reached out and like, you know, flailing his arms. And then he like grabbed Lassie's face for a second. And <laughs> I like to think that that was his little retribution for getting roughed up. He's like, I'm just going to like shove yeah. you around. Because <laughs> physically, Lassie could totally beat the crap out of Sean. Oh, yeah. I wonder touching his face or flailing around was a little bit of improv. Yeah. Because surely much... you can't script every single movement, can yeah, you? Yeah, like how much of that choreography was discussed prior? Yeah. And how much of it was just him having fun there doing something that, you know. Yeah, because Timothy Robinson actually looked kind of surprised. Surprised, disgusted. His hand got all up in his face. Yeah. So uh, it's, you know, it's good acting when it's not acting. Yeah. It's very, I like that. <laughs> mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so back to the case. Yep. Sean, you know, had been flirting with the, the bridesmaid slash wedding planner, and he finds out that she is very particular about a bouquet of flowers mm-hmm. and finds out she has she has magic hands, kind of. She's very good at sleight of hand. Yeah, she she did a little thing to cheer up the little um, flower, fla- what was it? Flower girl. Flower girl, yeah. yeah. And then she, like, picked, you know, did the thing where you pick it from behind her ear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, ooh, that's fun. And then we're then when they're in the church, literally right when the wedding is happening, he figures out what actually happened. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately for him, since they kind of had a thing going, she's we're off for next Friday. <laughs> she's the thief and the murderer. Yeah. And the priest says, "All right, if anyone you know should find a reason these two shouldn't be married, speak now or forever hold your peace." And then he actually says something. And before we continue on the case, I just thought it'd be fun to give a little bit of history on that phrase. Um, So the phrase speak now or forever hold your peace is actually rooted in Christian and European custom. I looked online and according to brides.com. Brides.com. The complete wording is should anyone present. Is that an auction website? Oh, ha ha ha. Should anyone present know of any reason that this couple should not be joined in holy matrimony, speak now or forever hold your peace. And it comes from the marriage liturgy section of the Book of Common Prayer, first published in 1549. It's basically like a book that provides like guidelines for religious services, customs, and stuff in the Church of England. Hmm. Okay. So if someone knew a member of the couple to be like already married, 
underage, unbaptized, forcefully coerced into the union, or too closely related in blood. Too closely related. <laughs> incest. We love that. Just that was a joke. We don't love that. We don't love that. Um, then it was considered their personal duty to object to the marriage. Right. So, me. So it's mainly like say something, or else just suck it up, and it is what it is. Right. Yeah. Forever hold your peace. Meaning. Yeah. Well, it was kind of like a an unspoken law like it was your personal um responsibility to speak up if you did know something about one of the people getting married right mm-hmm. right so and then it just becomes something that we say now without really giving any thought yeah, to it. yeah. so sean speaks but up we should note that the title of this episode is forever hold your peace p-i-e-c-e yes as a pun as a pun and I actually really like that. I love puns. Yeah, because I'm slow. What does it mean? Peace so of what? I, I told it as like, um, or forever hold your peace, like the object, the object being the ring. Oh. And she was literally withholding it. And Sean speaks it. then. Yeah. So she couldn't forever hold it. Yeah. Ah, so okay. that's how I kind of took yeah, it. Got if it. anyone took it differently, I would love to know. But Yeah, I like, I like that though, because it's up for, it makes you think. Well, but the thing is, the episode title is not shown in the episode after no, the credits or anything. they're not. It's only for, I assume, originally the DVDs? DVDs. Because um, that's how it would have been released. Yeah. It used to, this show actually used to be on Netflix. It used to be on Netflix. They so took it, it off. There. It made me so sad. Yeah. Um, but it, it um, now it's on Peacock. Peacock. Is it still on Amazon? I think it is. Oh, well. Yeah. So now it's for streaming, but originally it must have been just for the DVDs and production, obviously. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. I really love the titles for the episodes of Psych. Yeah. Like, I think have, they're so creative. You have problems with some other shows that I'm not allowed to talk about where they have the episode title in the show and then it's spoilers. Well, I have no problem with the episode title being in the show. I have a problem when the title gives away the whole episode. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's cough, just... Cough, cough, 1969, SG-1. <laughs> Sorry, that was me. I subtract a dollar. So oh, now it's $9. Okay, $9 still. Well, I'll make it 10 again. There's a lot of SG-1 actors in this episode. All right, tell me. Okay, we got the the uh, receptionist, which you haven't actually seen the episode yet where he comes in. Um, okay. So he's the, re- he's the receptionist. Um, and then there's also... Um, they mention Lou Diamond Phillips, who is an SGU, um, and then there was one other. Oh, the dad. The dad is the... Um, the dad of the... The victim. Yeah, oh, not the victim. The, the victim. The, the dad of the, the bride. You know, the, the rich guy who gave them the ring. You mean the dad of the groom. Oh, dad of the groom. Yeah. Right. Okay, so it was a gift to the future daughter-in-law. Right. Okay. The dad of the groom is in an episode of SG-1 as an enemy, a bad guy kind of has that face he does he but in this one you know he didn't really act very much in this one you didn't see yeah no he had emote. very little scenes it was just at the end and then in the bridal suite when he kicks sean and gus out oh yeah. fun little tidbit about that scene again um you can hear in the background that they're playing vivaldi's four seasons God, spring I hate that one. yeah <laughs> why it's I know it's so kind of over boring. It's such boring music, Can in my you opinion. You compose something like Vivaldi, then. I think I'll compose I... something better than Vivaldi. Oh, okay. You hear it, ladies and gentlemen. He's gonna compose something way better than Vivaldi. There's okay. To be honest, 
there is a lot of shitty music that gets popular. Okay, yes, that is fair. And I do agree that, like, you know, music is subjective. You know, I actually really like Spring and the Four Seasons. I understand that you don't. That's fine. It's just funny because when we were watching the episode, I was like, huh, I think they're playing Vivaldi in the back. And Jacob immediately goes, oh, I hate that. I hate that so much. (laughs) Yeah, it's elevator music. It's just like it's always there when you don't know what else to put in there it's just filler music at this point how it's used in society and it's just like it grinds my you know what grinds my gears (laughs) (laughs) i mean you cannot argue though that it's kind of withstood the test of time though like it's still used like and just like you said in the background of stuff or right well so does a lot of other stuff that's bad Okay, we can argue about this like, later. Kenny G is like shitty smooth jazz. <laughs> oh my and it's just elevator music now. This is the same. I mean, for a for hundred more years, but... Okay, know. okay. Well, I think what I really like about that one is just the strings. I love strings. Well, I do like strings too. I just think it's not interesting music. That's... You're not interesting music. Your butt is not interesting music. We're so mature. Oh, yeah. All right. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> So at the very end, she runs. It doesn't... Okay, if you run, doesn't that immediately Screams. indicate that you're guilty? Well, it. see, the thing is, you'd think, but then also people who are just scared run. That is true. You but know? for her, she had the ring. So if they couldn't find that she had it, all that evidence is gone. That's why Sean was like, we got to catch her. Right. Like, she has the ring. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then that's a really funny moment because she throws the bouquet in the air when she gets tripped. Yeah. And then Gus catches it. And then Sean makes the joke that we're all thinking, like, he's next. Yeah. And, um, I mean, did you see the size of that ring? It's a chonker. It's like, I'm looking at my hand right now and I just, yeah. I can't imagine wanting that on my hand. No, it'd, feel, it'd be heavy, wouldn't it? Because diamonds are... Diamonds yeah, are this is going to sound ones. kind of unromantic, but I would much rather have all that money not used for like a ring, but something mm-hmm. practical. Yeah. I mean, this that's the reason why you have a registry. It's like the things you want and need, mm-hmm. you know, that people should be spending their money on rather than a ring. Well, I mean, I, I get wanting something that looks nice. And, oh, yeah. You know, and me- has sentimental me- value. Yeah, I mean, meaningful. it was his grandmother's. Uh-huh. But then that's just tacky in my opinion. Yeah, and it's yeah. just like, if I also wore, wore that, I'd be always scared to do something to mess it up or oh, lose yeah. it. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe they were just going to use it for show, for the wedding, and then just get a different one. I would assume so. Because it's worth because, so much. Right, and it's just, that's what it is anyway. It's just a gesture of the gift of the rich people, you know, pretentious, like, you know, this is valuable, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <sighs> something about the, the wedding scene that bugged me. Well, and I like that they kind of pointed it out in the episode, but Sean and Gus, when they're whispering, are so loud. And this is something that bugs me in a lot of shows and movies where people are whispering. Like, you're, you're meant to just understand that they're whispering quietly so that no one can hear them. But clearly they're talk, or whispering louder than they should be, just for yeah. the sake of the, the microphones picking it up, the actors actually. But then it's just like, someone shushes them and i'm like yes at least they recognize that they're being too loud yeah and i think i'm that bothers me too because i'm like Mm -hmm. you could do it a little bit more convincingly yeah you know but i like that they they shush them Uh you know that bugs me almost as much as empty coffee cups oh yeah yeah you know when Mm. they're clearly supposed to be full of liquid and then they're just like tossing it around yeah 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 
at least just put water in there. I get I get that it's a safety thing. You can't have hot liquids because someone's going to spill and then, you know, that's a lawsuit waiting to happen. But yeah, just come on. Yeah, Something I, I didn't get was, I'm feel free to just correct me because I probably just missed something, but why didn't the maid of honor just stash the ring somewhere else? Why did she have to have it on her person? Okay, so from my understanding is she was like, oh crap, the ring's going to the girl, like I'm not going to get it. And then she convinced them to use it in the rehearsal dinner, like or the rehearsal for the wedding. So, so she, she was like, I can get it. Yeah. Then their flower, uh, their florist, that's what they call it. Sorry, yeah. I can talk. Canceled on them. So they had to stay at that hotel all night. Remember, they had to pull an all-nighter, putting together b- all the flower right. bouquets and okay. stuff. They, so she was stuck there. She, she never had an opportunity. No, she never had go. an opportunity. That's and she was just like, she had like. the ring in her hand that whole night, and it was about to be discovered missing. Yeah. So where did she put it? She put it in the bottom of the, her bouquet, which right. actually was pretty smart, because she planned to come back and get it, and they locked up the cabinet. Right. Right, right, right. So the ring was actually in that flower case. In her bouquet. And that's why she was freaking out when right. the uh, the person brought the flower. She's like, where's my bouquet? Yeah. And at the end, Gus pulls it out from uh-huh. under like the... And then that's why when Sean and her were out talking earlier in the episode, she was like, oh, it's locked. When Sean tried to... Yeah, she was it. trying she to play it off like, oh, I just want to correct some little things on my bouquet. Acting like she, it was a perfectionist yeah. thing. But really, yeah. she just wanted to take the ring. Yeah. Oh, that's that's clever. Yeah. yeah. And if Gus hadn't come out with the, what was that, like shaving cream around his head? Surely, yeah. I was thinking it would be whipped cream, but it looked more like shaving cream. Yeah. From yeah. the bachelor party. Yeah. I feel like Sean may have actually tried to get it open for her. So yeah. it's a good thing that. You Patrick know. Swayze was at that bachelor yeah, party. Yeah. And he goes, I really think it was Patrick Swayze. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was good. And then at the very end, the bellboy was coming in in clutch, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, the receptionist and the bellboy. Yeah. When um, Lassie drags Sean out and says, is this the man who was using my room? This guy, you're telling me, is not the guy. He's like, I've never seen him before. In my life. So good. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. But, I mean, you know, I guess that's another thing. Like, Lassie, although makes a lot of wrong assumptions about the conclusions of cases, he's overly eager. Surely he would have read the guy to and notice that he was clearly just looking to the receptionist and the receptionist was like i've never seen him you know like t- yeah. t- mouthing the words or whatever and then yeah that surprised sure. me he didn't grill him a little more uh-huh. but maybe he was just so exasperated and oh, so over He's everything so annoyed with sean yeah. yeah i think it wasn't i mean 1600 dollars. that's it's a good sum of money right. but then yeah it makes you wonder why he didn't be like well who the hell else could it be yeah. Maybe it's off-screen stuff. Maybe it's stuff we just never see. Yeah. And it's, at the end of the day, not important stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. I can't believe Sean got away with... Can't they just, like, call Interpol or figure out that he's not... Yeah, he gets away with a lot of stuff that has questionable legality. Oh, yeah. Because he's hired by the police department as a civilian not a law enforcement officer. Yeah. Does he have the authority to look through those police reports in Lassiter's room? No, I don't think he does. Um, I mean, first of all, making a copy of his room key is not even allowed. So, Yeah, that's A, an invasion of privacy. B, 
well, I don't know if it, it wouldn't be an obstruction of justice. What would it be? It'd be something. It'd be confident. Is it confidential? I don't know. I mean, we lastly did say at the beginning of the episode, like they were trying to keep this case really on the down low, you know? Right. So okay. I don't know how illegal it was, but he just does a lot of stuff that's like. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, no one knew he got away with it, you know? As he does. As he does. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah. Gus helps him, even though he always is, shows a little bit of resistance at first. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I'm so excited for you to keep watching and hearing more Gus nicknames. Gus, the Gus nicknames. we got to get a tally. Do you have a tally going of how many there are? I do. Yeah. Oh, okay. So we'll right. keep tabs on that. <laughs> Good. So we got, a, we got a tally of my SG-1 references. Oh, gosh. Of Gus's nicknames. Of the pineapple. pineapples. There's one more, but I don't want to spoil it in okay, the future. Okay, something hasn't happened yet? Okay. Oh, it's like another reoccurring thing throughout right. the show but we'll get to okay. that later yeah well i thought this was a pretty good episode um i thought having like sleight of hand have something to do with it was a really fun fun detail because you know i like that kind of stuff and i was like oh yeah that's a really cool way to to show that um and it was an inside job you know? yeah oh that is that thank you for bringing that up because this is when i first watched the show so long ago this is the first episode i solved the case before sean did ah. um i was very proud of myself <laughs> there aren't very many that i actually have solved before he and gus do but well, it's such good misdirection well you know, i want to yeah. know were you close to solving in your head do you not really care this one i wasn't really focusing on trying to solve it before um before they did um because i was just really interested in like watching what was happening i was just like oh this is a cool setting cool characters um a good mystery and then it was like when they threw the the murder element in there i was like oh wow so this is like got a whole lot more interesting yeah i wasn't really trying to solve it at the end i was i kind of like put it together right as he was explaining it and i was like oh that makes so much sense so i i get conceivably how you you know being more analytical than i am uh would would catch it i was just so engrossed in watching what was happening yeah i think you're a very analytical person too i think it's just we differ in the way we watch movies and tv because like i watch stuff and i'm like i mean like i'm like a huge crime buff like i love trying to figure out things Mm -hmm. and i think you watch and you just kind of enjoy i just love absorbing stuff yeah and that's there's nothing wrong with either of those ways no it's just it's just different a different focus you know, but you know, see, so what do you get out of it when you solve it um, before they do? And then it's like, do you? Well, I never know if I'm right. Like when no. I solved it, I think, oh gosh, it was so long ago. <laughs> I, um, it was right after Diedrich Mannheim was discovered dead. And then Sean was watching the tape back with Gus. Yeah. And I watched her bump into it. And then. Oh, you caught that. Detail. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, oh. Hmm. And she's so fussy about her flowers. Like, what I always say is yeah, there's nothing weird. put into a show really by accident, especially a show like this where it's like crime and stuff. Yeah, unless every it's character. improv or. Right. Yeah, so I'm like, why would they have that little detail about her being so obsessive with the bouquets? And I was like, wait. And then I thought about motive. And I'm like, oh, well, because someone else got the ring, she didn't get it. 
So yeah. maybe it's like, and then, you know, I'm never sure. But then when Sean put it all together at the very end, I was like, nice. <laughs> yeah. See, I guess I'm just a little bit more forgiving in the fact that I don't really pay too much mind to those details where she was like, um, being super fussy about it because I explained it away in my head. I guess it's like, oh, it's just a weird character. Well, they Most- play it off very well. Right. She is the wedding planner, so yeah, it makes sense so it makes why sense she would that, be fussy. Yeah. See, I just, I guess I'm just a little bit more forgiving in that sense that I'm just, I just absorb it as it is what it is instead of really dissecting things as we go. Instead of, you know, I prefer to, you know, dissect things now at this point, you know, when we can talk about it a lot, you know, because I don't want to be talking over the show too much. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can, and I don't want to change the way you watch, but maybe in the future, if you have a hunch about something, you can write it down, say it out loud, just mm-hmm. keep it to yourself. I should write it down because then there's evidence if I actually do uh, solve yeah. it. Yeah, evidence. I want to be so, I want to be so proud of the first time I solve a, a, a case before they do. Yes, we'll yeah. celebrate with champagne. <laughs> in a bathtub. Oh my God. Yes. Thank you for listening to this episode of We're Psyched. This was episode three. If this is the first episode you're listening to, go back and listen to the other two because there are only three. Um, I don't know why you would start with this one. Um, My name is Jacob. Uh, You can catch me on Instagram at Jacob Bors. Thank you for listening. My name is Elle and you can catch me on Instagram at ellen.m underscore 22. Um, we'd appreciate your feedback on the podcast. Um, you can email us at we're psyched podcast at gmail.com or write a review on Apple Podcasts. They really help boost our numbers. Uh, I don't know if Spotify has reviews, but I'm sure it does. Um, we'd love to hear any of your thoughts for future episodes. Just beware of spoilers for me, the newbie. <laughs> yeah, and um, join us for the next time when we cover season one, episode four, Woman Seeking Dead Husband, Smokers Okay, No Pets. What the hell? It's okay. a long title. All right. Catch you then. <laughs>